Today is January 11th, 2019. This is episode 104 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. Welcome everybody to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Flatus. With me, as always, this host has seen and lived and survived the East Coast and shit. Uh, uh, how was your trip? I was going to say I've seen some things, but anyway. Oh, jeez. In Canada, no one? I mean... It was a moose. Hey, live Very on the possibly. East Coast. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking over there? Uh, water. Uh, you're gonna be real mad at me. Maybe not. But this is delicious. No, I'm not a huge fan of these ones. Uh, well, what the water? <laughs> no, what you're drinking. Yeah. It's a little bit too much for me usually. No, no, no. Uh, well, I didn't start off with that one. I bought like just like a variety of things. I didn't buy like a six pack of something. I bought like one of this, one of that. Uh, oh, that's what I normally do. I do. I, it's uh, it's 110 years. It's Shiner seasonal. It's a s'more ale. It's delicious. <laughs> I actually tried a s'mores one over the the break, and uh, it was okay. It wasn't too great. This one, I, I think I'm drinking a s'more. <laughs> it's so good. I do have some uh, lovely pumpkin beers though in my fridge that I might try. I didn't. Pick They're it delicious. Up. I've had them before. I saw one that I was interested. Oh, maybe. Oh, he picked it up. No, I did pick it up. I I did have a a really delicious uh, smoked. uh, It was a Martzen uh, smoked German. It's very, very good. I have over here. uh, Are are we switching to like a beer cast? Beer cast. Uh, Right now I have uh, over here after the s'more one, I have juice boost, which is a dry hop sour. Not a huge fan of the hops. Uh, I will, Just really I, weird living in California because they're all about the IPA. Uh, the, the description was that it'll have tropical fruit hop flavors, and I'm, that's what I'm interested in. I want to see if it actually tastes like pineapple. So, on my on my distinct <laughs> purpose, if I'll find a a uh, a sour that I'll enjoy because I like pineapple. Anyway, if you're here for beer, you're <laughs> male male. Strong drink. Deal. Yeah, no, we'll come up with a title later. That's <laughs> all right. 
Let's jump into the news. Bungie splits wait, the Mac. Wait. Oh, okay. Maltstrom. Motherfucker. Got it. Let's try that again. Bungie splits a Mac division in the greatest divorce in gaming history since Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man back in 1992. I don't I don't know if they actually got divorced. But Bungie and Activision did, and guess who guess who got to keep the baby destiny? Bungie. I uh word on the street is Bungie was so excited about the split that champagne bottles were popping in the office. Uh, they did not like their partnership with Activision, and now that they are free, uh, Destiny is back in their control. Uh, a lot of people believe Activision was the reason, part of the reason why a lot of the nickel and diming of things and why some of the lackluster changes happened in Destiny 2 after the fixes in Destiny 1. Um, we can't, we're not experts. We don't have anybody on the in on there telling us the truth. We're just, just basing this on what we read. Uh, but... I've seen Bungie. I'm going to wait, but I've seen Bungie with Halo. And and I think initially that was their vision is to, to give us a great game with more depth and story along those lines. Let's. So I, I, I'm still going to wait and see what they do after this and probably closer to like a year after this as they let all the current stuff kind of go through. Uh, But we also have to remember like Halo was really, really good. It was amazing, Mm -hmm. but it's also what like almost 20 years old now so times change places change it's been a lot while okay, maybe not 20 maybe 15 <laughs> oh, I was gonna call me that old. i'm not that old uh, it it's been a it, it's been a while so it, it companies change environments change people come and go it's probably not going to come out with something that amazing no but we'll, we'll see what happens like it with as they kind of reestablish their own culture, their own thoughts, their own views, and they go through all of what they've currently. Kind of- it, but it is interesting though. Like right now, they have that uh, the new content right now with uh, Forsaken called the uh, the Forge, which is people having to solve puzzles to open this f- forge that you can forge weapons in, right? And right now, people have mm-hmm. been stumped on the last puzzle. Like they can't open this fucking forge. <laughs> like the and like the community is like, we were re- we cannot do this. So I think I, th- I can't remember. I think Bungie kind of like gave him a hint towards the right direction on solving the puzzle uh so we'll see i i i'm down like i i like you know me i like shit like that like in any sort of game where it's like ooh, like puzzles and yes i know i want more of that and we don't get a lot of them i'm still i'm someone's keeping the hope alive at bungie that's all i'm saying mike morheim leaves in april this is official uh even though he's stepped down uh from his position at blizzard he is now officially uh his contractual agreement to be on as an advisor He's actually stepping down from that back in a- in April. Uh, yet again, it's, it seems like I have a lot of uh, Activision Blizzard news <laughs> this week, but boy, they are. Uh, it's only two. There's a lot of news this week. We actually should go fast through this, but there's three. Uh, so Mike Morheim is leaving three. officially. Yeah, three. Uh, yep. And so we'll see what we we'll see that happens as uh, that. Uh, there was some new piece of breaking news. I'll mention it real quick. Activision's going to be uh, uh, like like being looked into by a, a, a legal company so i'm just 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 pointing that out now you should send me links to that but i i will uh anthem pc requirements have been released uh they're not i looked them they're not bad i can run it like i like max settings run pretty good i'm happy uh, also i saw like i uh, watched the, like 30 minutes of gameplay this morning i'm a little interested like not not enough to be like i'm gonna buy the game i'm gonna wait and see but still a little interested 
Uh, so to be fair, the requirements for Anthem, the minimum requirements are actually quite a bit higher than a lot of games that I've seen lately. Mm-hmm. It does require 64-bit Windows 10, uh, i5-3570, or AMD FX6350, which seems pretty normal, but it does have an 8-gig system uh, memory requirement, which is fairly high, um, though most gamers probably have that at this point. Uh, it does have a pretty modest GPU requirement of a GTX 7, uh, 760 or a Radeon 7970 uh, with two, GP, or, uh, 2 gigs of video memory. As with a lot of these games, it requires at least 50 gigabytes of free space, so it is going to be huge, and uh, DirectX 11 as well. The recommended specs bump it up a little bit more with 16 gigabytes of RAM, a 1060 or a 2060. Uh, NVIDIA GPU, or an AMD RX 480 with 4 gigabytes of video memory. So it, it it's going to be, I think this is one of the highest requirements that I've seen in games lately. And I hope that it's kind of one of those things that companies start pushing a little bit more because a lot of the requirements are still based on like systems for 10 plus years. Yes. Uh... Blizzard confirms, I know you were excited about this this week, uh, Blizzard confirms new LGBTQ character, uh, Soldier 76. Our, like, uh, the Crucible Discord server got a little bit excited about this. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching Twitter on it. There is a lot of good reaction. It's, for a game that has no initial story built into it, they play on the outside story of it a lot, like through comics and, and videos and they all that. They need an in-game story. I completely agree. I, I think it would behoove them. I think that if they said, hey, listen... I'd play that in a heartbeat. If they said, hey, listen, we're not going to make any characters for 2019, but we're actually going to put in a, a story element in chunks in like like chapters, like every like every quarter there'll be a new chapter. Chapter one, it'll be this. chapter. I'd pay for the DLC. I, I would too, absolutely. I take my money i I play i play it and if it was like group related content like hey you're gonna play as uh overwatch people or dark you know like like the different groups and you can actually group up with friends and play these i i do it in a heartbeat uh resident evil 2 demo is out it's out on the xbox as far as i know i don't know if it's out on playstation but for sure it's gonna be on on xbox on playstation steam and xbox hey and it's only got 30 minutes now here's the catch You've got 30 minutes to play the game. After 30 minutes, that's it. You can't play the demo and no mas. Uh, here's the other thing. Uh, if you do complete the demo, you actually get a new uh, like movie you can watch, like a special thing. So can you survive the 30 minutes? That's the big question. So find out if Flattis can survive this week. <laughs> play the minutes. answer is no, I can't survive 30 minutes. It's not multiplayer, right? We can't play together. This wrong Here's button. Hi, sorry. Yeah. I'm over here there just whacking all sorts of buttons. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Uh, no, it, it is not. I'm so sorry. Because uh, if it was multiplayer, then neither of us would survive the 30 minutes, but... Shin, why are you dead again? Just eat One of these day. days, we'll get that Portal 2 playthrough. It'll happen. That uh, might be next Friday, actually. I'm off next Friday. I am not, but I wish I was. Uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen heads to the Switch on, in April. I'm excited about this because I love Dragon's Dogma. It is a Capcom-made... I don't want to say Skyrim game. It's probably closer to Dragon Age. 
but less so. I don't know. It's a fun game. <laughs> That's I know nothing of it, so all on you. Yeah, it's a, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's it's had probably one of the coolest like intros to a, a RPG ever. It had like a cool like Japanese metal. <laughs> I never I never got the intro. Great great things. Unity terminates relationship with Improbable. Improbable tries to incite outrage. Unity responds by clarifying that developers should be safe. Improbable partners with Epic Games. Epic Games has not updated their <laughs> their incorrect blog post. Have you been following this whole saga the last couple days? <laughs> Yes. It's kind of been all over the place. It's. I mean, in the second greatest divorce in gaming history, <laughs> this one had a weird love triangle. Hey, what about you? You forgot the uh, Nintendo PlayStation divorce way back. Uh, I mean, that didn't even get off the ground. That was more like nobody was really married yet. Nothing was Break released. Up. They broke up. It was ugly. Then, then Sony stole Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's back now, though. Uh huh. It is back. All, all. Yeah, so, this, so, this so whole great. this whole saga has been uh, very, very interesting to kind of follow on the sideline. It does sound like uh, Unity's got a, a pretty good handle on this, though, and uh, kudos to them for publishing like a very clear blog post on all of this. But less, less in with improbable and how they've been handling it and uh the the spontaneous partnership with epic games which i also not not a great way to handle things i mean i i'd be fine with the partnership that that itself is okay it's more of the partnership seems a lot in spite of unity and it hasn't really addressed anything that unity has kind of brought up now i yeah I don't know. It's it, it's interesting, and I I wonder. Part of me wonders if it's because Epic that we haven't clear. Now I haven't read the blog post from Epic. That's the only thing I haven't caught up on. Now it, it's it's a joint blog post between Epic and Improbable, and it basically reads a lot like Improbable wrote it. Like it links to Improbable's blogs directly. It makes references to leaving or leaving developers in legal limbo and to be fair a lot of this could have been written before unity pushed out their blog but they should at least put an effort to put an update with some clarifying language or have an update and remove links that are a little inflammatory or they didn't really go and do a lot with this which is not a great look in my opinion yeah i it, it is interesting like epic has come out already out the out the gate with their with their gaming service right like uh, right off the gate they're like hey listen developers going to get 80% of the profits like we don't want any like we're making enough money off Fortnite we've made enough money in the past off other games like you can keep 80% we just want a 20% cut for like and probably 20 that 20% probably goes servers and all that other crap uh i i don't know honestly i don't know like i i don't know what epic where epic's going currently but they they're offering free games they they kept their promise on that like that hasn't faltered yet i think epic as a developer is pretty good and they are sorry as a publisher is pretty good um they have a lot of really good ideas i think this one was done in bad taste i hope that they clarify their stuff in the next little while if they don't it might see a little bit of a problem yeah i wonder if this was done i I don't know. It, to me, it almost seems like this this was happening anyway behind the scenes, and I think that people made blog posts 
in relation to these two things and in almost in, like you said inflammatory like these were done like i don't like you anymore you suck go away uh and oh well speaking of free people are talking about uh yeah so into free was so much better there uh let me just go into uh free games you can check out our website now maelstromradio.com for our new weekly column gratuitous games we have a website we do things there now it's getting updates yeah it's uh you can find all your free, honestly you can go there and check out your free gaming uh we link to uh everything we can we try to scour the internet see what free games are out there um we're trying to find new sources of gaming i may have a new source already for like next week like we can probably like i don't i can't guarantee it's always going to be like an updated weekly thing for this one but eh, it got me if oh it's going to be updated weekly for my eyes well this uh this app that i got from alienware oh I got yeah i've got like a dozen different sites that i'm keeping track of and twitter and, and a whole bunch of people that keep sending me stuff so I got Guts and Glory for free last night because of this app. So, as long as it's not like flash deals, I can't post those easily. Yeah, no. But we'll we'll it has uh, to be a day or two. We'll uh, we'll keep you informed and uh, try to keep keep you th- give you things. Like I don't know if we'll post coupons, but you know, send us stuff. Link us if you know. Like, hey, this deal's coming. Make sure we get it. Be a part of the problem. <laughs> Uh, wait, what? If I, if I, wait a minute. If I may, I can get the YouTube link. I'm not sure. May I? Are you, are you asking me permission to link this to this, the song? I can't play it. It's copywritten. I can't play it on the show. You can link it if people want to listen to it. It's great. But yeah, you can go ahead and link it. I'm not, I just can't play it on the show. I can't do that. Uh, we will get in trouble. <laughs> not only with Twitch, with the owners of the song. So, let's not get Maelstrom Radio sued in 2019. <laughs> uh, Good call. So, so, do you want to talk about the thing that I wrote this whole show about tonight? You should probably, yeah, we should probably talk about the thing, because you know, mm-hmm. it is the whole topic of the show. It is. So, uh, I wrote this show, uh, it, so, it's, how do I explain this? Uh... So Shin and I—that's that's what the whole episode's about. I know, right? We explain I, I, it during the episode, I, right? Uh, so MMOs, right, as a genre, has been taking a right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lately, have been. How do I put this nicely? Stagnating. Mm, that's probably the nicest way of putting. It. I was gonna say getting beat up out back in the alley, but yeah, stagnating is probably the word for. It. Uh, yeah, MMOs have been stagnating as of late. Uh, a lot of uh, games that once were, were are not anymore, and a lot of games that are still are sort of just, you know, falling over. I think it's just a, there hasn't been a lot of new MMOs released. We've seen a lot of major MMOs released uh, in the past, and I think a lot of them they're coming in cycles like we saw the first batch around the late 90s uh with like ultima everquest one mm-hmm. the next batch came around 2004 with wow everquest two uh dark age of camelot was in there as well i believe and then we saw another batch around i think 2006 2008 another batch came in around 2010 with rift and uh warhammer uh conan uh, lord of the rip, rings rip. online rip sorry <laughs> i'm saying rip rip, rip. yeah 
I mean, we can go with a whole bunch of other ones that have been sunset and all of that. That's a whole other topic. But uh, we have all we've seen all of those come in, and they come in every few years. But especially since uh, WoW's kind of been dying down, there's a lot less people trying out to make MMOs just because it's it's becoming a much smaller area. There's not those huge success like WoW was back in 2004. Uh, We're seeing a lot less investment in MMOs, and I, I don't think it's necessarily that they're stagnating. It's just that all of the current work on MMOs is still in that early beginner phase that we generally don't see or pay attention to, but uh, we will start seeing them. I, we've heard about them. We just, we were hearing them about them a lot earlier in the development phase than we were used to way back when. Yes. And the MMO genre over the last few years has been uh, seen a slowdown. And, and, and I'm speaking more of the, the, the majority of all of AAA developers. Uh, a lot of the trends that AAA developers now are breaking into are battle royales, MOBAs, etc. They're breaking into what's popular in a scene. They don't, and it's it's more than likely because it's you, it's cheaper. It makes them more money in the long run. Um, you can put like look at we can easily point at something like Fortnite or or well PUBG you got to pay for, it, but Fortnite we'll go with Fortnite because that's free to play. You can easily make money off skins off the the season pack that you can buy. Like I'm gonna, and you buy that every season. Like it's kind of like a Diablo season, except you pay money for it so you can get better unlocks as you level up for that season. It's how they make their money. Uh, it is an interesting concept that AAA develop. Like we we know this. Like just they're gonna go where the money is. Like if if the money's not in MMOs where you can like hey we can't make money off this or it's just too much cost and development and and servers where we can just say okay we'll build this one thing where people just kill each other we'll go that route. So <clears throat> in in general right now the white audience is seeing it as a stall. Uh. You know, there's it's major risks on um, select target audience. Uh, it's usually the idea is to aim the large net to cover everybody. Um, you see this world World of Warcraft. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 is a good example of this. Um, you cast the wide net to catch as many people as possible. Um, and I will die on this hill alone, maybe. <laughs> but uh, Final Fantasy 14, even though being an Eastern developed by an Eastern uh, company is a Western MMO. Um, it, it was developed in the vein of a Western MMO. It, it looked at like Yoshi P's developed it looking at World of Warcraft, every, you know, uh, EverQuest. I don't think he looked at EverQuest, but at least World of Warcraft was uh, definitely a, a good source for it. Um, I think it's, a, it's an interesting kind of hybrid. Like it's definitely not fully a Western MMO, but it is much more influenced from Western MMOs than any of the Eastern MMOs. Yes. Right. It is definitely you could not compare this to something like Perfect World or Ragnarok Online, uh, Lineage, or any of those. Even like Blade and Soul feels more of a Eastern MMO than uh, uh, Final I, Fantasy. I can't remember the dark. What was the emo version or the goth version of of Perfect World? God, it had like the blood vampires and werewolves and shit. What was it? I'll think of it later. I don't know. There was. I, I think I can also think of Ion, which was also a more uh, Eastern MMO, but that's not like goth. No, no, it was specific. It was Perfect World, but not perfect. Like it was the same developer. Um, they put a lot out. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Well, it's still at the end of the day, it's, this leaves a uh, few uh, companies in the Western market uh, MMO in the Western MMO market. Uh, that Blizzard, Arena, Net, Square Enix, and Bethesda. That is your top four MMOs right now. That is World of Warcraft, 
That is uh, Guild Wars 2, Final Fantasy 14, and of course Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and what about Lord of the Rings? Oh shit! They're pretty up there still. <laughs> no, <laughs> what are you doing? Stop that! <laughs> who, who, who did? Who let you back from Canada with that nonsense? You, you've been. You gotta get. You gotta get, become Americanized again. You know it's not. You're being too nice to Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings does well for, but are they're not trying to attract. I, and I'll talk about that. Like I, I, I will. I have it written in here about like the the attraction of things, but uh, it, these aren't common occurrences. Uh, these companies got lucky, and it's true. Like World of Warcraft got lucky. Uh, the, Blizzard didn't set out to be like we are going to take over EverQuest. They were just like, hey, we love our IP. We think it'd be a great fantasy world to play in, not from the aspect of a war game, but from the aspect of the player playing the in the world itself. Um, you know, at the time EverQuest was sort of dying down, EverQuest 2 just had come out at the same time, like right within like a month of each other, if I remember correctly, like it was fairly close, like it was like just a small amount of time. Um, so EQ2 just had come out it, it and they were looking at the concepts of making it more accessible for players. EverQuest took a lot of time and you had to wait for mobs and wait to level and as Blizzard and Guild Wars 2 grew up and started, you know, developing their new games. Square Enix from 11 to 14. And Bethesda with Elder Scrolls Online, even from the original initial launch of Elder Scrolls to now, um, has seen casting that wider net to attract more people. Um, it's sort of like a being in the right place at the right time. Uh, they can either have gone made it free to play in, in terms of Elder Scrolls Online, making it buy to play with uh, Guild Wars, um, and or just hitting the marks on the mass audience. Uh, so, you know, where where does this lead us down now? Like, where where have these companies left everything to a lot of players? You know, Shin, I know, I know. <laughs> The one, th the one thing, the one thing most most MMO players talk about, and we, and we we see this, we see this all the time, we see it on Twitch, we see it within talking in our in our various discords, um, it's nostalgia. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of them. I mean, for example, I mean, like WoW Classic is coming out this year, and it's it's. I I know you have words on that. <laughs> No, not WoW Classic. I have actual words on nostalgia because we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. I know it. We've we've talked about this so much in the past, and I've talked about it in every pre-release community I've ever been a part of for the past ten. Are you, and are you I saying think we have nostalgia about nostalgia? No, we have rants about nostalgia. Damn it! I think honestly that we've gone around this wrong. I don't think that nostalgia is necessarily the right thing that we're talking about it's definitely a large part of it but i think i agree it, 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 the reason why i said it's leading us down to nostalgia like because i believe and we'll get there we, we hold on to the nostalgia part part uh well as i say i don't think it's nostalgia i think it's viewing the past with rose-colored glasses we see things in the past and believe it to be that nostalgia but it's not. We're thinking things were better than that. 
Yes, but at the same time, we we both know that nostalgia is a powerful, powerful tool, right? And when wielded correctly, when wielded correctly, we can get some amazing content from that. I we've seen. Re- I, I don't we, think so. We have. It, seen, it's we. You can it, you if you get the nostalgia, if you can capture the feeling without actually capturing the original content. I think yes, it, it's a very powerful thing, nostalgia. But I think what a lot of gamers mix up is that they believe they ha- no, think they remember what happened way back when, but they don't. All right. I, and I will give you that. But I'm not necessarily always speaking speaking just about video games because there's been. Well, look, for example, uh, like people had nostalgia about Prince of Persia, like the original game where like you were running across like the 2D platforms. and calling, But then when San- when Prince of Persia Sands of Time came out, completely 3D world still had the feel and, and the combat and the swords and the look and the the aesthetic of a Prince of Persia game, but with this whole new like time bending mechanic with the dagger of time and it it brought back a lot of like the people that played that old classic was like, man, this is a great it, it gave them that nostalgia trip. We we know that it could be done. MMOs and now it, and this is where it's leading. <laughs> um, well, mm-hmm. I, and the, like, yeah, as you said, there are very good examples of this. Like if we're talking again, you brought up earlier, the WoW Classic server, I think is a great example of nostalgia driving what people want. Uh, I've played expansions. We've had some really great nostalgia in Final Fantasy. We've had great, I had great nostalgia with uh, EverQuest 2. Uh, but at the same time, like using the WoW Classic uh, server as an example, they're bringing back the server, but one of the core reasons why it's taking so long, why they haven't done it yet, is they know that the original classic experience is terrible and people would hate it now. So there is that aspect of nostalgia, but they actually have to fix it and change it so it makes it feel like it's that same uh, nostalgic feeling without actually being the same thing that you experienced 10, 15 years ago. Exactly. So, so... And real quick, I, I want to catch up with chat just real quick. Uh, the Hurricane, uh, Lord of the Rings Online is so trash, so much nickel and diving. Uh, let's see what else. I've been playing Nasomi for the last two months. I fell in love with Final Fantasy XI all over again. That's great. Uh, Feeny Lee in chat, nostalgia is good, but I feel like in the case of Final Fantasy XIV, especially they're relying too much on it. Like totally get the nostalgia train for me, but give us some new shit. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but remember, I've said this before, Final Fantasy XIV is the the nostalgia MMO for Final Fantasy games. That's so. And uh, to be fair, I don't find that there's a lot of, uh, not being in the Final Fantasy franchise much, I don't find there's a lot of nostalgia in it because I'm not seeing it. But I'm not really feeling like there's a lot of hidden pieces that, like as a, a player new to the Final Fantasy series, I don't find that things are inaccessible. I think that it fits well in the universe, it meshes, but it is a very good throwback to other Final Fantasy games. And that, or it's a good tie-in. And in those scenarios, I, I think it fits very, very well. The, the good thing about Final Fantasy XIV, and I, and I will give Final Fantasy XIV props, if this is your first MMO coming from the Final Fantasy series, you're going to feel comfortable, right? You're going to recognize, I recognize the Cactuars, I recognize Moogles, I recognize these, these things that are very iconic and yet you're still not the namazu though no <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um <laughs> no you're gonna get these classic iconic uh characters and then 
you're going to get this amazing story written specifically for the game itself. And then this external, like, I don't want to say external, this, this, from the main center, you're going to wrap out, almost like a coil, right? As the farther you get away from the coil, the more the, the, the nostalgia they pull, because it's like that farther stuff that like, hey, uh, I'm going to do this 24 man raid set in the world of Ivalice. All right, cool. Then they're going to have such and such character there, which I won't ruin because we know like the past, like I'm not going to say anything. And I think that's a very good example of it as well. Like they brought in Ivalice, but they did it in a way that's nostalgic that people can relate to, but it's completely within the own system here. Like they even brought in the original designers to help make it feel that same, uh, feel like the original while not actually being. So, so uh, as the general interest has died down, um, it, and I'm speaking specifically of MMOs right now. Like we and we and we, I think Shin and I both agree on this. Like the just the general interest in MMOs has died down a lot. People are, are there's games out there like Red Dead Redemption Two, which is just like these massively open worlds that give you these fleshed out worlds so you can play in. Single player gaming is at an all time high right now. Like. The stories are fantastic. The 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 visuals are are fan- great. There's sometimes there's great storytelling with both multiplayer built in as well. Um, and there's a lot of indie games out there doing a lot of the amazing stuff. Uh, I mean, look in terms of um, you got groundbreaking stories like Ultimate Chicken Horror. <laughs> that, but no, I mean if you look at things like. Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Undertale, which is a single player RPG with an amazing story, but it was still like a snack size. You could do it, beat it in six hours. Um, or um, what's the one uh, with the farming? I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, and I, Stardew I, Valley. Stardew Valley, where now they've added multiplayer to this very like simple but farming and there's storytelling and there's a world that you can go in and join with your friends. It's it, it, Indie devs are doing something cool. Um, and there's a lot of great gaming out there right now. So the one thing I think you and I have always been attracted to with MMOs is that it's not necessarily the, the, the game's got to be fun. Ultimately, like we, we want the game to be fun, but also it's the social aspect of it. Like we like that group content. We like the grouping part of it. We love the, the social MMO interaction. And I think indie devs, are sort of stepping into a DeLorean, so to speak. I'm not going to say they're going fully back in time, but the, you know they, they're coming in with a DeLorean, and they're going to take us back with some HD graphics. Um, they're pulling from older MMOs, and we spoke about this just a second ago. Like They're not necessarily bringing back, like, oh, hey, it's EverQuest, but EverQuest is better. Like They're not necessarily doing that. I mean, and I can look at a lot of these games and say, yes, like Pantheon is EverQuest and Project Gorgon is Asheron's Call and Camelot Unchained is Dark Age of Camelot. Like we can look at these newer games. That one's less of a stretch. Yeah, that one is very less of I mean, it's exactly, it's actually the devs from Dark Age of Camelot. But still, but still there are changes. Uh, and Pantheon's got a lot of the original EQ2 devs, or EQ devs, I believe as well. It, it does, but it also has the devs from... Um, Man, what's that one game my other co-hosts love so much and <laughs> always talked about it on every single episode and <laughs> there's a little bit of that in there. <laughs> but still, like like I've seen videos of Pantheon, right? Like it it's offering something and- that like it's offering a little bit of that that like I almost want to say that D D feel that like I think original MMOs kind of like base themselves on. That kind of lost but I think I think I'm gonna hit on hit on like the major point of this. They're casting a smaller net. 
right? Like we know that they're trying. Yes. To, so. And I think going back to what we were talking about before, each of these projects are trying to cash in on that nostalgic feeling, but in an updated manner. Like they know it with building Pantheon, if they build EverQuest, they're not going to succeed today. People want to have that difficulty feeling. They want to be able to, to be forced to be playing in groups. They want hard content. They want stuff that is going to be engaging stuff that's going to be dangerous as opposed to just walking through and face rolling everything which is a lot of mmos now it's a very niche audience very interesting audience but if they go and they try to make everquest one again it's just not going to work out they're going to be stuck there sitting for hours and no one wants to do that if they did no. they'd be going back and playing everquest one no and i think a lot of the the interesting parts of these what these games are doing like project gorgon um I've played. I, I I remember. I remember on. Uh, I don't know if you remember back in Evercast. Remember, like I was like when we were kind of like in that limbo where like we had no news, and so we kind of talked about other things. And I talked about Project Gorgon. Like, hey, everybody, go go support this. I threw money at Project Gorgon because I was like, it's actually really cool. Like, the, are the graphics great? Yeah. But was it hilarious that there was uh, in the starting area there was a special boss that if. That was too hard. Like, even with, like, one person, it was way too hard. And then it could curse you. You could become a cow. And I remember Tamlin playing it with me. He became a cow. And I get you could milk him. <laughs> so, there is that. But there... <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get the image of you milking Tamlin out of my head, which his, is a very his, weird... Listen, his milk gave a really great buff. I'm not going <laughs> to... Don't laugh. It's true. <laughs> Not laughing. I'm just disappointed. All right. Well, what? Like this is also part of the reason why I, I'm being with the past and watching a lot of MMOs in development. Mm -hmm. I've kind of become disenfranchised with all these new MMOs because they promise big things at the beginning, but by the time they actually deliver, it's not as great. The hype is over done uh, and they can't deliver on what they've originally stated so i've been kind of keeping an eye on a lot of these games uh, from a distance and just cautiously optimistic but a lot of them have uh they're, they're focusing on new elements things that other mmos have not done in the past doing a little bit more risk and i really hope that they kind of do uh, try out these things like uh why can't I think of the one that's doing the the different worlds, different uh, play styles uh, oh, in each? Is that Asheron's Call? No, that's Crowfall. No, and it's not Crowfall. Or no, it's Crowfall. Remember, Crowfall is going to be the main hub world, and then each smaller like playtime world will be different and have different aspects of it. What's Ashes of Creation? Ashes of Creation is going to have the. It's, a, it's still like a, a massive MMO, but it's going to have the like kind of like the EverQuest where it's like you can build up the town. And then that town will grow as you're feeding more. And it, like, it, de it depends on the 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 people crafting, the people doing quests there, straving off monsters and stuff. Like that. And then it can grow that section of the world. And then it will offer you, and each server could be unique because you not necessarily have a server that's in the same zone doing the same thing. They could be up north in the cold area building that up instead of the south. So, so was it Crowfall? That's the one that we talked about that had the different like areas where you could go and play this campaign and it would yes. do a whole bunch of stuff? That's Crowfall. Okay, for some reason, I was not thinking of Crowfall for that. That, that is Crowfall. Uh, you have that. You have stuff like Illyria, which is doing, or Chronicles of Illyria, which is doing the aging and death thing, uh, the non-permanent characters. You're doing, like, MMOs that deal with, like, airship battles or underwater combat, which is a terrible thing, but 
uh, all sorts of different interesting ideas or like eve online even which is doing like the online space massive pvp <laughs> shit i'm a narwhal <laughs> then you have stuff like trove which is like blocks <laughs> and building oh i don't i don't know what's going on there uh i'm but, not sure what the narwhal uh, you said underwater combat that would be the listen i would be the best weapon which is the narwhal uh, uh, and then we have like maple story forgot about that one for a minute yeah you can uh, what, the, what can you be in maple story somebody t- <laughs> can you you could be cute in maple story and then kill creatures with kindness um so, i could be cute in final fantasy too but i choose not to be mm-hmm. uh so uh given this there is no proven success here right like there's nothing saying like this nostalgia is going to absolutely work now i've pointed out that yes it has worked in the past with other games and other content and movies and and tv shows and cartoons it's all worked before but there's nothing saying that this is going to work here (laughs) but then we also have things like i'm a leaf leaf on the wind watch me (laughs) yeah too soon Mm. I want to watch it got cut early like a lot of these mmos i want to watch watch (laughs) anyway uh so it's like and not all these devs had a meeting together and say you know what let's let's uh let's go for it uh let's let's go ahead and like uh let's grab on that old school like feeling that we love and add some new elements to it um we know Brad McQuaid didn't sit down and say, I want to just, I loved EQ. I'm going to make EQ again. It's not his intention with Pantheon. Uh, part of it is there is that group content that he wants in an MMO. He wants the world to feel dangerous and you need a party. Uh, but there is more to it. Uh, there is Project Gorgon, which is very based on like the Ashron's call. So there's the, the community aspect, like working with people. Uh, you're going to need farmers for, if you're an alchemist, you're going to need farmers for their food or for whatever reason, or if you're a culinarian in the game, like you work with the community in that game. Um, and Camelot and Chain, you're just working with your faction in a mass large scale PVP. And there's the, the PVP dungeon underneath the world. And that's all group oriented focus content. Um, but they're, they're making this because a lot of people miss these games. Yes. Um, but I think uh, another part of it is something that I, it, it kind of dawned on me when I wanted, when I started writing this, at uh, this episode is it's, uh, <laughs> the hurricane attack, EverQuest 1.5 remix. It's not wrong. Um, is that I think a lot of these, I hope it is. <laughs> uh, the, the, a lot of these devs to me are, are kind of like, so like not a full reboot, but like a soft reboot of the MMO genre. And if they can pull it off. And I know you might disagree, but if they can pull it off, I think it might stave off the stagnation that we're feeling with a lot of the AAA titles. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because if if given the smaller like their 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 audience are smaller, right? So they have a they have an easier time to to make those changes and tweaks versus like, well, if we tweak something and wow, it may make this 20 percent happy, but it may make this 80 percent angry. And, and instead, you might have that the numbers might instantly flip in something like where like we make this change. All right. Three people might not like it, but everybody else is fine. Um, so I, I don't disagree. I think that we're going to see a revitalization of MMOs as these newer ones, these smaller niche games come out. And 
I do disagree that I, I still don't think we're stagnating so much right now. Is just we were overexposed for the last for the like in the past, and we just saw lots and lots of activity with MMOs. I don't think it's necessarily stagnation right now. We're just seeing a lot more things in development earlier. Developers are being more open about their process and their uh, progress as they go through this. But, really, uh, but in, I mean, a lot of this is from crowdfunding, though. Like none of it's coming out from any developer with any sort of big money. Well, it's crowdfunding, but a lot of them also do have outside investment, and you have to with these MMOs. They cost a lot of money to develop. I'm aware. (laughs) Just in development, like salaries, HR costs, like people overhead costs are really expensive, Uh, not to include all the server costs and such. But in particular, like they're doing a lot of this fundraising and stuff at the day zero when they're first coming up with these ideas. And some of them might've done months or even a couple of years of planning, but really development hasn't really started at that point. And a lot of times development takes five plus years to go from when they start to when they might have something ready for people to play. And a lot of these games were announced within the last five years. So we're seeing the entire development process, which generally with AAA studios, we haven't seen in the past. Uh, even the last major one that I can think of, which was EverQuest Next, got announced, I think it was somewhere between three and seven years in the development process, depending on when you consider the development process to be started. And even that took another two years before it got canceled. And even then, it wasn't anywhere near completion. So it's a very, very long lead up time from when you start to when you have a product. And historically, we've never really experienced that before completely agreed like they are very they what's the, what's the term they use now they the roadmap right like that's the big thing with a lot of these these developers that, that's right? the actual term it is the actual term but like but it, to people usually just internal inter, it's internal that it's the right i i know because we have roadmaps in that job too. <laughs> uh but yes it's the the roadmap is the the terminology they use to show you like the path of what they're choosing and where they're heading with the game right so you kind of pay attention to the roadmap to see where they're going um very few of the uh, i would say with how internet culture has changed twitter facebook the way that gamers have gone from just gaming to now sharing the games on twitch and and doing stuff like podcasts and what we do here at maelstrom radio uh a lot of developers are now way more open with their audiences about like what they're doing and asking questions or taking their fielding questions live and answering things on and and going on reddit doing amas doing amas live coming on twitch and answering questions and doing all these things I, i would also uh point out a lot of these indie devs are doing the same thing like i said they're doing that roadmap and they're also seeking out a lot of you know, people on Twitch and people on YouTube and, and to come and try these games early on. Um, so a lot of them are, you know, what it's coming down to is that they're not looking to have wow numbers. Um, and, and ultimately really what they're trying to do is just make the game they want to play. Um, is it a, and I think, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. (laughs) Tag your, I was going to say, I think this is something that a lot of, companies are starting to realize as well. And I'm seeing a lot uh, with startups as well uh, in that everyone wants to become the next big thing. Everyone wants to become the next Google, the next Facebook, uh, the next, uh, probably not Twitter, but they want to become this big, massively successful company. And the problem is, is that there's not a lot of those. They don't, there's not a lot of people that want or that will 
uh, get up to that level of success. But what you can do is create a sustainable business that is enough that you're paying your bills, you're building something that you like, you're building something that other people enjoy, and you're profitable. You're not necessarily hugely successful. You're not going to become the next Blizzard, but you can sustain your population. And we're seeing that with a lot of smaller games as well. For example, look at like Perfect World, which is probably making stupid amounts of money. Again, probably microtransactions, but there's a lot of smaller companies that are focusing on these smaller models that allow them to uh, build smaller, more niche games and not have this wildly crazy success. Yes. Um, but it's it's strategic, right? It's planned. They, they plan on not reaching right. this audience. But it, exactly. They plan. Maybe they only... They plan for half a million players, and if they get half a million people, they'll be profitable. Yeah. They're not going to have these massive servers like Blizzard does. They're not going to have this huge development team, but they'll have enough that they can support half a million players. If, say, they get a million players, then they can start expanding. And I think Final Fantasy kind of does this to some degree. They have enough players that they can support their servers, and anything on top of that just gets reinvested back into the game, into the series, and allows them to build more than what they originally could plan for. But they still plan for the lower number just in case something happens. Uh, I'm pretty. Uh, I, I know that some Final Fantasy fourteen uh, money was used for fifteen. <laughs> I mean, but we've also gotten new European servers. We moved data centers. Oh, no, no, we're getting I'm, I'm aware. tons of things. Listen, Square. Listen, Square was in the very much the red when the first fourteen bombed. So and then fourteen relaunched, put them back in the black. So they know where their bread and where their breads their breads getting buttered. <laughs> where it's happening. <laughs> And it's on Final Fantasy VII, every iteration that keeps coming out. <laughs> Square makes the money. So, to end it, a lot of these companies are going back to basics. Um, it's a bold move. It could prove to dive. Uh, it could, it could prove to drive the genre forward again. Um, in terms of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not development, but in uh new ideas to see if this works. Because you I, really want the buzzword; it's innovation. There, thank you so much. I hate buzzwords. That's why I probably like block a lot of them out of my damn head. Ugh, I hate buzzwords so much. I remember. Oh god! All right, now I'm not going to go back to Evercast. But remember, remember we used to do the thing where we would fucking just launch all the buzzwords out. <laughs> anyway, uh. Uh, just, yeah, innovations, but it's such a good word for it though. <laughs> I hate using it, but it fits so well. Uh, it could, it could prove to drive the, the genre forward again. Um, or this is all just a nostalgia cash grab. <laughs> it's, it's really throwing around just like, you know, I just spent an hour talking to you about how, you know, I, I hope that this isn't a nostalgia cash grab or it is. And I don't think that, I think that these developers are honestly trying and they're making the games they want to play, and that's specific. And I and I say that for a very good reason. Um, a lot of people, especially now, if you look at the gaming news recently and, and within the last year, companies, Activision, what's going on over there, like it, bad press is all around, right? And we can see how publishers and and people who own companies can affect the game that developers want to make. Um, 
and that can suck. Like Shin and I have been very much on and and have talked to people on the show, off the show, uh, with people you know blaming devs and stuff for for actions and games and why they did certain things. And sometimes you have to look at like the publisher wanting to make a change because they want you know stockholders and and board members to make more money. Um, I'm hoping that these indie devs are looking just to be like, hey, I'm just trying to make a fun game. Uh, something that's a little nostalgia based, something that's a little different, and something that is gonna let me and my best friend here keep our eyes kind of like focused on. But you know, it's just far enough away where we're not dropping money on anything. Be like, I bought the intro alpha pack for a thousand dollars again. <laughs> I again. One time, that was it. <laughs> One time, and it was a yeah, hundred dollars. Hundred dollars is it. But my name was in the credits of something, and that something doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so I go out there and and honestly go out there, check out Pantheon, check out Project Gorgon. Project Gorgon's on Steam. You can go check it out. It's it's a wild game. You could be a you could be a cow. You could be a spider. They had some new stuff. You'd be a werewolf now. There's lycanthropy. Like, you can actually get bit by a werewolf, and there's, like, specific things. It's a weird game. It's so weird. I love it. It's so goofy. There's puzzles and shit. I don't know. It's great. Uh, Camelot Unchained. I, not my jam, but I know I, I, my, uh, I have a good friend named Zubay who, who, whose lovely wife let him spend $1,000 backing that game, like, three or four years ago. <laughs> Listen, that, I know both of them. I, I can definitely see that. It's a bold move, Cotton. Very supportive. <laughs> it's a bold move. So I do want to go back quickly to one of your comments before we wrap up here. And you said that their their decision to go back to this more basic original form was a bold move. And I kind of disagree with that. I don't think this is bold at all. It's a very well-planned, thought-out, calculated, and as far as that, they've already proven that there are people who are interested, who are willing, who are dedicated to oh, well, playing it, this content and doing it. I don't think there's any risk of it being it's, flat it's bold, out. It's bold in the sense that it could fail instantly. At any point in time, this can go, whoop, gone. I mean, anything that you do can be. But the with the, the advantage of them going back to this nostalgic piece is that there is already a large dedicated audience who really wants this thing. Yes, if they don't do it correctly, they're going to fall flat. But if they can pull it off, they have a dedicated niche target audience already. And I think with a lot of these games, because they're doing all of this um, very visible uh, development process, very public development process, and doing all these early access things, alphas and betas and such, I think they get a lot of that good feedback so that they know from some of the more dedicated players and fans uh, how close to the goal they're hitting. So I think it's very it's it's much easier for them to develop these sorts of things because they have a very known or well-known target and this is what they want versus companies trying new and innovative things. Uh, for example, let's look at Final Fantasy XIV again with stuff like Eureka, which sounded really good and nostalgic and we all know how that all turned out. So there's a very big difference here between companies trying out things and not having that feedback and what these other companies are doing. And I think the approach that they're doing it and the way that they're doing it is much less risky and much less bold than it seems. I don't know. I mean, we may disagree on that. 
I, I think when money's involved, I think it is a bit, a bit of a risk, especially like people's money. Because at any point, like, especially because people can be like, all right, I want my money back. <laughs> now they can say no, but legally through the whole like Kickstarter and thing, they don't have to give them shit. Like, honestly, they really don't have to give them anything back. They don't have to give them anything. Most companies do, though. They try to make good. I believe that uh, uh, at some point during the whole uh, ever. EverQuest next thing that people were they were trying to make good and return people's money. I don't think I ever got my money back. No, they did. I've never heard anything on that one about getting early, money back. Early on, yes, early like some point early on, but then they kind of stopped. I think <laughs> if you were if you bought in, listen, I also bought on H one Z one, so like I can't. Oh no, I got that one for free. That's oh, your own fault. Never mind. I got that. That one was handed to me. That one was that that code was slipped. That's the code was slipped in my back pocket. <laughs> I, I gave the I gave someone at uh, at a SOE a hug and the next thing I know like I had a magical code in my pocket for a zombie game. <laughs> to be fair, pretty hilarious zombie game. <laughs> uh, so I, do you have any any closing thoughts on this? I mean, it, I, for you know what, for our first show of the new year, I thought I thought this went well. <laughs> I think it went pretty well. Like I think there was a lot of interesting. Uh, topics in here and, and i'm kind of interested to see where these games are going to be going in 2019 and beyond i think that most of them are still not quite ready to release in 2019 uh, or if they are it's going to be towards the end of the year but i'm, I'm hoping we're going to start seeing a little bit more content from these games uh, especially the ones that have been in development for four or five years at this point yeah i'm not i'm not even gonna lie i saw so like i said i saw some gameplay pantheon and you could be a fucking dwarf cleric and i saw that you had to sit down and fucking replenish mana and i was like <gasps> you can play play a dwarf cleric in a lot of games yeah but i could be a dwarf cleric <laughs> can't be yeah. a dwarf, can't be a dwarf cleric in final fantasy 14 <laughs> you can be a lalafell cleric but it's not the same lalafell what lalafell cleric what <laughs> Lollafell white mage, okay? That's not a cleric. <laughs> I mean, it basically is. No, at best the priest. <laughs> I mean, they go around, they can get drunk and uh-huh. heal, they heal things, yeah. and they bash things with their... Because they're more worried about DPS than they are about they healing everyone. That's basically sticks. a cleric. They don't bash shit with their sticks, they just make loud boom. Oh no, I do. I walk up to things and I beat it with my staff. That's a shillelagh. <laughs> No, it's my stick. It's a shillelagh. <laughs> no, I, it's not that impressive. <laughs> you heard it here. It's only a tiny little <laughs> stick. <laughs> it's going to be tinier as soon as I glamour to a lo- or to a, uh, Fantasia to the law. Lo- <laughs> it's getting no, it's just getting smaller as the show goes on. <laughs> it's okay. It's got a bird at the end. <laughs> you should see it. It's okay. Our RFC mate made the glamour for me it's it's beautiful it's, there's a bird on on the tip of it there is you should see it later it's my tiny bird anyway <laughs> it's okay i play dark knight so my i'm also small the small sword <laughs> welcome to Melstrom radio we're we're all tiny <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Welp. Ah, uh, we've been doing this for way too long. <laughs> Welp. Uh, you know, we have been doing this for way too long. And in fact, that you can find us here uh, almost every Friday. Uh, our, this show is every other Friday. Uh, there we go. 6.30 Pacific Standard Time. That's 9.30 Eastern. On the off Fridays, uh, we're streaming. 
uh, we'll be here. Uh, me, Jen, maybe somebody. Well, somebody will be here playing a video game for your pleasure. Uh, by the way, I've been playing Red Dead is so much fun. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you can find our recorded shows on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can find our uh, website, the thing we mentioned earlier, where you can also find links to a bunch of free games. That's maelstromradio.com, so you can go check out that blog post uh, weekly. Uh, you can email us at show at maelstromradio.com if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or any questions for the show, show ideas, or actually, as always, as we go forward in this 2019 on the new Maelstrom Radio, we want to remind you that the show is you. We are trying to, like, just like how we said those developers are making the show, the games they want to play, we are making the show we want we would want to listen to and watch, and we want you to be a part of it. If you're doing something cool, you know somebody who's doing something cool, and you think that they'd be interested in doing the show and talking about their cool thing they do, be it in a video game or making art or poetry about video games, we'll talk to them. I would love to talk to like somebody who's like legit like writing video game poetry. That'd be interesting. <laughs> uh... You can find us on our Discord. Uh, the links are on our website, of course. You can also find our Twitter link there. But if you don't want to go to our website for Twitter, you can always go to Twitter.com. That's at Maelstrom underscore radio. We chat there. We make jokes. We post funny videos. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Maelstrom Radio. Of course, Twitch.tv forward slash Maelstrom Radio. You can find us here. Uh, you got anything else? <laughs> Nope. Uh, keep an eye on the website. We are making updates. If you have any suggestions, please send us an email or chat with us. On uh, We are going to be updating it as we go. Uh, we've got uh, some ideas for some new blog posts, some new columns, and uh, hopefully a much better uh, episode format. So uh, let us know how you like that and if you have any ideas. Yeah, don't, uh, don't hold back. Want to say bye, Shin? Goodbye. Thank you all so much. Uh, please go check out those games. Pantheon, Project Gorgon. Um, you know, all the fun things. Look, go find a new game that's being developed by an indie dev for an MMO. Check them out. See if they're doing something cool you'd want to check out. Until then, I don't know. I guess till Sea Swallow is all, but... Keep kicking those extra lives up and smash broing out. I don't know. I'm going to find something new to say. Maelstrom and Radio is a production of maelstromradio.com and Blackfire Media Productions. Today's episode is produced by Flatus, Shinter, and Dylan Thorne. Logo and artwork by Mary Larkins. Find them over at themarylark.com. Intro and outro provided by MDK. Find his music over at mdkofficial.bandcamp.com. Views and opinions expressed on this episode belong to Maelstrom Radio and their hosts and do not reflect the views and opinions of the companies discussed on today's show.